0: Yo! Yo, Jacob, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Another fun, fun week here on The Big Tilt. We're going to break down the Week 8 DFS slate where we are reaching the halfway point of the regular season DFS slate. I mean, we we play into the playoffs, so we're not quite at the halfway point yet overall. But regular season DFS, we're we're one week away from halfway home. Jacob, do you think that they're actually going to let us like go
1: throughout the playoffs and, and talk about these teams in the playoffs and do DFS for the playoffs or do you think like Matt's going to be like okay now's a good time to finally cut these guys off like we can finally get rid of them we finally don't have to let them be on our radio anymore right
0: are we are do we have our own regular season it's like we have to win a certain number of games to qualify for the playoffs I'm not sure playoff DFS is my favorite DFS of the year actually so I if, if we're not Last year I was doing the column all the way through playoff DFS. Uh if, yeah. if we're not talking about it here, we'll be talking about it somewhere. But that's honestly I love it. It's so much. You can get to go like into literally every single play. I remember that's when we started doing the show together, it was during the playoffs last.
1: Year. Yeah, I mean, this is this is it because we talked about it before. Like our favorite slate outside of playoffs is like Thanksgiving slate, right?
0: I love to, the Thanksgiving <laughs> that's slate. It's the
1: best slate in the whole I thing. Love, I love the it. Thanksgiving slate. And then the Saturday slates are kind of fine with the two games. I like the little bit bigger. But...
0: And I'm Canadian. So that's the only thing I can be thankful for is the Thanksgiving slate. Like I'm not sure. thankful for like any form of like American history, but God. I'm thankful that I get to play DFS on Thursdays.
1: That's true. That is true. I love that. Th- did you tell everybody on Twitter that we're going live on, on YouTube right now? Did you already get to that? Because I-, I completely forgot to tell everybody on Twitter. Folks, we're live on YouTube. Hey, if you're watching on YouTube, we're live on YouTube. Uh, but you already know that. So Obviously, those that are that are live or watching on, on Twitter need to head over to YouTube, youtube.com slash road to wonderworld. Let's go ahead and let's talk about a few different things. And then we'll kick off this episode. I mean, I'm excited for today, right? Because we have a, a couple different avenues that we can take in order to find success in the slate. And it's not as great as last week. Like it's not as significant as last week as last week. Like there aren't as many avenues. But we did talk about last week how we have skinny stacks, and I think this week there's a couple of them there's a couple of them
0: mm-hmm. that i cannot wait to discuss it's a fun week man i i think like the big thing to me this week is all the quarterbacks suck all the good they quarterbacks do. aren't on the slate right we we were talking about you know what the hell do we do with the position because no lamar right he played on thursday no mahomes he's on bye no herbert he's on bye uh josh allen plays sunday night football joe burrow plays monday night football and so the only guys that we were drafting early in fantasy leagues that are that we're starting every week that we're not you know worried about the matchup, we're looking at Jalen Hurts, uh, who's really been the only one performing, and Kyler Murray, who's been fine for fantasy, but not not having that elite ceiling game yet. After that, you know, it really gets interesting. People are going to be playing Sam Ellinger. There's all sorts of crazy stuff. And so what's fun about this is I think this is a week, you know, where I want to dive into some of these games and see where we can create our upside that way because it's going to be a really fun uh, – it's a, it's a fun week for sure. And it brings a lot of teams and stacks into play that aren't normally in play, right? Normally, if you're saying, well, I can play Lamar, I can play Josh Allen, I can play Mahomes, I can play Herbert, I can play Kyler, I can play Hurts. It's like, well, I'm not playing, you know, Daniel Jones this week. But this week, maybe I'm playing Daniel Jones. Well, you know what we should have done? We should have played Daniel Jones last week, like like I
1: was telling you. But no, we couldn't play Daniel Jones two weeks in a row to lose this DFS. But uh, no, Daniel Jones, a lot of these players are in play this week. And I'm very, very excited to kick it off. You ready to go, Jacob? I'm ready to go. Let's go. That's so neat. We get these new, like, toys <laughs> to play with and everything. We had a meeting with Matt Kelly today.
0: I love that.
1: Oh, it's exciting. It's great. I- I'm excited for the- for the whole process of this DFS show. Welcome on into the Big Tilt once again. We are here to break down certain stacks, certain games, certain lineups that we find just pure sexy right things pure that are sex. gonna make us pure just it's actually it's not even sexy it's pure sex right things that are gonna make you all a lot of money uh, last week we picked up players such as i don't know saquon barkley right who we thought was gonna go off we had a few sleep, sleepers for you as well unfortunately we picked dk metcalf and it turns out the marquise goodwin had a hell of a week but oh, we gotta okay. reconcile that we gotta reconcile it this week jacob We we have to see these injuries
0: coming ahead of time right yeah, we gotta we gotta get into the injury streets, you know. That injuries are so tilting, man. I mean, it's been happening all year. But like yesterday was a great example where, you know, the injury doctors were out there being like, You can't play Mark Andrews, you can't play Mark Andrews, got a knee injury, he's got a knee injury, you can't play Mark Andrews. He plays like the first 10 routes. I think he has four targets, three catches, it looks like he's gonna ball, and then he and then he hurts his shoulder. Right, so you can't play Mark (laughs) Andrews with a sore knee because he might, he might, he might hurt his shoulder. Um, No, it's crazy. Like you never know what's gonna happen. It's so difficult to predict, and like you just gotta make. This is just an argument, I guess, to make more lineups, right? Because people are gonna get hurt. I'll, I'll never forget last year. Like my biggest hit of the year, my best lineup of the year probably would have been a first place lineup in the contest I was playing, and Miles Sanders like broke his hand in the second quarter. You know, and he was in there. That was week five last year because i know it was well he gets hurt a lot but this one was late in the year this was because I, I had the burrow higgins chase double the week that burrow went insane against the ravens yeah
1: yeah that makes sense that makes sense uh yeah, yeah so we're gonna go ahead and we're break, gonna break down a few lineups i guess I, I i'll go ahead and start this one out because the one that i'm gonna pick is is interesting right we're yeah. gonna be dealing with with wind we're gonna be dealing with rain we're gonna be dealing with some iffy conditions right right now it's seeing light rain a couple of days ago, it was saying heavy rain.
0: Uh, I'm sure that it's going to end up changing again. One well, boots on the ground for this one, right? I, I I can I know exactly how the weather's turning in the Pacific Northwest. The Giants and the Seattle Seahawks. Right? I'm just a, I'm just a few hours north. I'll tell you this right now. It's sunny right now, but it, it has not been <laughs> a sunny week, and it won't be a sunny weekend.
1: It, it looks pretty miserable overall, to be honest, in terms of like the yeah. weather. The field is likely going to be soaking wet. Uh, you know. They're obviously going to do what they can to keep it dry, but you're still going to deal with some nasty conditions. And so I wanted to dive into this game because it, it has a decent over-under. I think it's sitting at what 45.5,
0: if I remember correctly. Uh, I believe 44.5. and a half, maybe with the weather might have moved down by 44.5. and a half.
1: Okay. I'm looking at uh the most recent one on sporting news and it says 45.5. So either way, you're still looking okay. You're still looking right in the mid-range, right? Like it's not crazy like high, it's also not crazy low. Uh, it's something mid-range, and that means that touchdowns are going to be had points are going to be scored how many is going to be the issue so i i tried to dive into like what players i wanted to to really tackle here and i'm like you know ty lockett but we talked about ty lockett last week anytime that he plays hurt he doesn't perform because he's a tough dude tough mm-hmm. mfer he is going to go out there and he's going to give it his all but guess what his all is going to be, what was it, seven receptions on eight targets for like 40 yards or whatever he had last week. And, I mean, it's brutal. It's brutal when you end up looking into some of these lineups and you're like, dude, Tyler Lockett, if he was healthy, right, if he was able to, to make that cut or if he was able to, to break that tackle like he normally does or elude that tackle, I should say, we would be seeing a massive game out of Tyler Lockett. But he's hurt, he So I can't, I can't go with Tyler Lockett, right? Mm -hmm. And and when you look at the Giants, the Giants have actually been really good up against wide receivers, but the only decent wide receiver that they've played is like C. Lamb. Like that's the only guy. So I do want to play this game. and I want to get in on this game because I do think the points are going to be scored, even if the over under drops to 43, I don't care. I'm still Mm going to think that points are going to be scored in this game. Uh, So I'm going to have to go with the running backs, man. I really do. I mean, we've seen Seattle be brutal, absolutely brutal up against running backs throughout the season. I mean, they're allowing receptions. They're allowing rushing yards. They're allowing breakaway plays. And with a soft field where we're going to see, you know, players slipping, sliding, just moving everywhere. <laughs> I think that we could see Saquon Barkley absolutely take it to the house. When we were on Saquon Barkley last week, he rewarded us for that. It, it was nervous at first. I texted you. I texted you at like, yeah. probably like two o'clock. And I'm like, dude, I'm nervous that
0: Saquon Barkley pick. Got there a little. Didn't get there enough. Yeah.
1: But, you know, this week up against Seattle Seahawks, where both teams have been putting up decent amount of points from week to week, but they both have somewhat suspect defenses. I think that we could absolutely see uh, somewhat of a, a shootout in the run game where they just break away run after run. I mean, Kenneth Walker already has an insane breakaway run rate. The Giants, uh, front seven, really can't stop anybody up front. I, I just, I like both these running backs in this game. I don't want to play the game to an extreme level. Like I don't want to try and run out Geno Smith with, with Marquise Goodwin and get all, you know, cute with that type of, you know, play and then Kenneth Walker, breakaway runner, run it back. Daniel Jones interesting because I do think they end up running up the rushing attempts or the design runs in this game. So he's a little bit interesting for me, but he still has to see mm. the breakaway runs himself. Uh, meanwhile, the only receiver that he has Daniel Bellinger's out. So all he has is, Wondell Robinson. And I like Wondell Robinson this week. I do, but I don't think he's DFS worthy. Like, his price is mm. okay. His play is fine, but like...
0: I think he's pretty worthy.
1: I, I know you like Wondell Robinson. I just don't see the the breakaway potential. I see him as more of a, a short yardage ty- type gadget guy. I know that he's still running the right routes to make it happen.
0: He still makes me nervous. I mean, here's my thoughts on Wondell. I said this when I was on uh, Shout out to the Roto Wonder World Stack Fest I was on earlier today. We were talking about Wondell. And I feel like you know, he still has a long way to go to prove that this target share is going to stick. But it almost feels to me like Hunter Renfro last season when everybody else was out. And for a couple of weeks, he was putting up these these really nice games. Like, ah, he doesn't have enough upside. He's Hunter Renfro, which is a lot receiver. He doesn't have enough upside. But like, if you're able to get there on volume at 4,700, if he's able to get 12 targets for eight catches for 90 yards, I mean, that's, that's going to get you there from 4,700. Um, I, I think to me... I, I think that uh, hmm. I'm struggling <laughs> a little bit. Sorry. I'm struggling a little bit with, with how to play this game because, and I think that what's going to end up happening is I'm just going to have to skinny it most likely because yes. I, I think that I like Daniel Jones independently. Like I think he has a really great matchup. I, I, it's, he's a hard one to stack because, you know, you can stack him with Barkley, but they don't seem to throw a whole lot to the running back near the end zone. Um, They seem to go into pretty jumbo sets near the end zone and run it in. So I'm not super sure that you want to have those guys vulturing potential rushing touchdowns from each other, always in the same lineup. Wandale's probably the only viable receiver or tight end you want to play with Jones. And then my concern is then it just leaves so much salary and so many lineup spots for like, what other stuff do I need to get right? So I don't know that I'll I'll be super into Jones. I might have one Daniel Jones lineup. I think for me, the way that I, I love this game working out is is two directions number one you get you know kenneth walker from playing from ahead he has the explosive runs which we know he can do he's one of the best most explosive runners in the league it looks like he's going to be that guy who's like the chubb like the henry who's the runner that actually speeds up the game when they play from ahead because he's able to break off these monster runs he's just that talented of a player and then the giants to me have like two modes of offense they have like their playing from ahead power offense. They had a series last game against the Jaguars when they were in the fourth quarter up three. They ran power out to, right, to the right, power O to the right, power O to the right, power O to the left, fake power O to the right with a naked bootleg for Daniel Jones around the corner on five consecutive plays. They lined up with an extra offensive lineman, a tight end lined up a fullback, one lone wide receiver, and they just ran power. Five consecutive plays and then a variation off of it. Wandale Robinson and his skinny little ass is not playing in those sets. That, that I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> he ain't going to be up there. What you need is the other version of the Giants offense, which is there we're playing from behind. We're going to spread it out. We're going to get all this horizontal motion going back and forth. That's where you sort of see the Mike Kafka, Kansas City Chiefsian influence on this offense. And that's when you're playing from behind. So I think you want to play Walker, and then I want to bring back with Wandale because if they're able to play from ahead and you play Wandale. He's able to clean up all those receptions. He's the one getting targeted. If they're having to the throw short of the sticks and Seattle's playing back because they're up by two touchdowns, that's how you get 11, 12, 13, 14 targets, you know, eight, nine, 10 catches, maybe threatening for the 100-yard bonus. And look at this Mike Kafka offense historically. He comes from the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Look who scored three touchdowns last week. It was Nicole Hardman, right? They love to do these horizontal scheme plays around the red zone. And Wondell Robinson, he has that skill set. He was a big 10 running back his first two years in college. He's a guy that can get those horizontal jet motion plays, those tap passes. I think he has more red zone. Um, more. He's more live to, to be a touchdown option. We saw it already in this first game than you'd think for somebody of his stature. So I like Walker with Wondell. I think if I'm playing from the Giants to lead from ahead, obviously you want to do that through Barkley. And then my favorite Seattle guy, we were talking about it. I mean, Marquise Goodwin is a guy who has definitely had a long NFL career, not a whole ton of success except for one sustained period with San Francisco, but he's the right type of player, right? He's going to be running deep routes. He's a guy where even if we're wrong, say he only comes in 60% of routes, not 90% of routes. Those are still going down the field. He could get, say he has two targets. He can still get into your lineup with two targets and, and he's not being played. That's what's crazy. Like I thought he would be played a lot. I was excited to fade him. He's not, he's projecting under 5% owned, so. I'm more in the boat. So, all right, let's just hypothetically say that it
1: cleans up and it's it's decent out. Like, it's not completely washed out field, right? I'm okay playing Marquise Goodwin in good conditions. But, I mean, I don't want to take a, a deep downfield receiver in a situation where it could end up being downpouring on a wet field with a 31-year-old wide receiver who's literally had one good season, and then he ended up getting lucky last week with a couple of touchdowns, saw the targets in a a game where they designed DK Metcalf. Like we talked about last week, they designed this game for DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf goes out early, and then all of a sudden they have nobody else to play that role outside of Marquise Goodwin. They're not going to game script around Marquise Goodwin this week like they did with DK Metcalf last week. So – once again, who else is going to run the routes? Though, like D. Astridge? I mean, he sucks. He can run the routes. I just don't think he's going to get the downfield targets. And where are the routes going? They're going downfield. I don't think that they're going to end. No, no, they're not going downfield for this game. I'm off of of Marquise Goodwin unless we see excellent conditions. If not, like I'll go ahead, I'll, I'll fade him for this week. But uh, on the other side with Rondale, to your point, uh, Wandale. Excuse me. I do like Wandale. In a Rondale position,
0: <laughs> I do you know, like that's that, that was my best meme of the year when I had the uh Rondell with the Mario hat and then Wondell with the Wario hat. <laughs> oh
1: god, I can't. All right, no, so Wondell Robinson, I, I do think that he could end up seeing the touches. My issue is like, all right, what's the upside with him? We've seen Jerry Judy go off against Seattle, right? Uh, Josh Reynolds had a good week, he ended up seeing what 84 yards and a touchdown, if I remember correctly. Outside of that, like, we're not seeing anything over like 15 fantasy points from any wide receiver across those other seven games. So I need to see a a significant jump from a guy. If I want to end up there now for me, the reason that I'm saying, I don't want to play Wandale at the pricing is because I'd much rather pivot down to another receiver that we're going to talk about here in a little bit uh, that I I think is a cheap option as a flyer over Wandale Robinson, who I think has a higher upside or a higher ceiling as a whole might be lower floor, but I'll take the upside.
0: Let's go ahead and talk about your matchup. Absolutely. So the first one I want to talk about here is going to be the Eagles and the Steelers. And this is probably maybe not the most in-depth game necessarily because the Eagles, which is why we love the Eagles are so concentrated, right? I mean, I think what was, what did I say to the last show? I think, like I said, they're more concentrated than a law student on Adderall. Um, (laughs) I'm just going to keep with that. Like, they only involve three dudes in the passing game. It's Brown, it's Smith, it's Goddard. Like Quez Watkins just is out there getting cardio. Occasionally, Zach Paschal subs in to do a man maker when Quez Watkins has had enough. Uh, and that, that's it. And when they run the ball now, they've essentially got, it's essentially taken Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott, mostly out of their offense. I mean, they pitch in on occasion, but it really is the Miles Sanders show right now. And so it's it's just fortunes, which is great. The Eagles also, they're a fake run heavy team. They're only run heavy because they keep winning the damn games. They come out in the first half, they're a balanced team, right? Their passing over expectation is like totally average across the league. And they're always going to lean a little run heavy because they're going to be a team that is going to have more scrambles, right, on their pass attempts. Jalen Hurts is going to take off and run. But really the issue is all of that could be overcome based on how concentrated the offense is. If they didn't just keep blowing people out by two, three touchdowns. And then the question is this week, it's like, well, are they not going to just blow the the Pittsburgh Steelers like the Pittsburgh Steelers suck? And I would say probably. However, (laughs) here's my take on it. First of all, Jalen Hurts is just like by a mile, the best quarterback on the slate. There's like really no quarterback who this year has produced at a similar level to Jalen Hurts. Potentially Kyler Murray is the closest. A.J. Brown is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. We know this by like almost every single metric, and you can probably play them both together for like 10 to 12 percent combined ownership. And to me, that's really all it is. It's like the other issue is the Steelers' defense is not very good, especially not against wide receivers. There's nobody in their secondary that can cover A.J. Brown whatsoever. It's a smash matchup for him, and I think that that's going to mean that this gets locked onto him in a big way. All you need to do for this is to hit really either a couple big plays, they can get their own efficiency, or What if just some random shit happens, you know? Like, why can't the Steelers take a punt return back for a touchdown? Why can't George Pickens get wide open downfield on one occasion, get a big play going? Uh, I think that also there's some opportunity for Kenny Pickett to just be a little bit better than we think. He is a rookie. He is developing. He's been competent thus far. If you're going to see him round into form, maybe he shows a little more resistance than we expect. And I think even if you can't talk yourself into that with A.J. Brown, you can skinny stack this with one of the lower end options. You can play Jalen Hurts with say Dallas Goddard tight end this week is trash. There are probably, I don't know if Darren Waller's playing, but he hasn't even been effective this year. Anyway, there's essentially two guys really on this slate who you'd say, Oh, I can pretty easily see them getting the hundred yard bonus in a world where they're not like three defenders fell down and they're just like wandering down the field wide open. Like it's basically Kittle and Goddard. Uh, and so was that a Dulcich reference? Uh, no. That Greg, a Dulcet 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 reference? Uh, Greg Dulcet is not on the main <laughs> slate. If he was on the main slate, then there would be three tight ends. who can get to the 100-yard bonus.
1: I just meant for a couple
0: weeks ago. <laughs> oh, Greg Dulcet, he wouldn't. it wouldn't have mattered. He would have just mossed the dude, stiff-armed him, and walked into the end zone because he's Greg Dulcich. He's Greg Dulcet de Leche. He's the best. But, look, I like Otter. I like a skinny stack. And then on the Steelers' side, I mean – I think if you're playing A.J. Brown, you have to play a bring back just on the basis of you kind of need that to get pushed for A.J. Brown to get there at his price. I think if you play the Goddard, you don't even necessarily have to. But I will say George Pickens of $4,700 has had a pretty solid role. He's probably uh, under underpriced at that spot, and more people are going to be playing Wandale at the exact same price. They're also both rookies, so I think you're capturing maybe a similar target audience there at $4,700. Uh, and just obligatory. I mean, one of these days, Deontay Johnson is going to going to convert those expected fantasy points to fucking real fantasy points. Really, I just though? don't know. Really? I just don't know when, but theoretically, but no, I, I do like this Eagle spot. I think it's just a good chance to play uh really great players at low ownership on a slate where there aren't a lot of great players at those positions.
1: Yeah. I mean, we look at, so you brought this game up, right? And I really wanted to cover this game, but I'm like, you know, these other games I feel like need to be talked about a little bit more. So, I chose another couple ones. You brought this game up. And I'm like, great, because AJ Brown should be a lock in a lot of lineups. He's going to be one of my, my guaranteed stamp players. Like, that is my dude for this week. I think he's going to absolutely destroy a questionable Steelers secondary. You know, I think we're going to see turnovers from this Eagles defense. I think we're going to see plenty of opportunities for AJ Brown. Sure, could it be a blow up? Most likely, but could it be remain competitive? Yes. I think in order for it to remain competitive, you're going to have to see one of these wide receivers do big things. So you brought up Deontay Johnson, fantasy points over expected or under expected for what he's been hitting. Uh, Deontay Johnson has done nothing to make me want to roster him, but I'm interested in where Darius Slay actually lines up because Darius Slay has been known to to travel, and the amount of volume that George Pickens has been getting should warrant some coverage from Darius Slay, if not coverage the entire game. So I'm interested in that. Uh, I'm interested in Chase Claypool up against Avante Maddox in the slot where you could have this big physical receiver just dominate this this tiny guy who plays in the slot, plays in safety. I mean, we could see downfield targets. And what if we end up seeing the Eagles pull ahead early like they should, and all of a sudden we see <laughs> we see Pickett drop back 50, 60 times again and just have to gun it? And And he catches Chase Claypool on a couple targets downfield. We saw it back, what was it, three weeks ago, where he was targeting Claypool, and Claypool just couldn't come down with it. I think that this changed slightly. I think Claypool has regained a little bit of confidence. You know, we couldn't have seen some some big-time plays from Claypool. So I I love this game. I think it's easy to perceive that this is the highest-scoring game on the slate, although not likely. I still think there's a story that you can tell yourself because the Eagles go up so big. They go up by, you know, 20 points, and all of a sudden you have to play catch-up. Before you know it, it's, you know, 40 to, to 27. Like, you want plays in this game. So I think regardless of what you do, you have to include yourself in plays. And personally, I'm going to take my shot on Claypool. I think he's probably going to have the lowest ownership out of any Steeler on the slate. I also, to an extent, really like Pat Fryermuth. So as long as he sees the snaps. Oh, Jacob, you're on mute, my friend.
0: Oh, sorry. I like the Fryermuth call if I'm playing Brown. Obviously, if I'm playing Goddard, uh, I do not subscribe to the church of double tight end. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I had fun with Fryermuth. I mean, honestly, tight end this week. Is so gross that I'm pretty much like any that I can build a tight end into my stack, either with my quarterback or as the bring back. Like I would like to default to that, right? Like if it's viable, I would like to you to put my tight end spot into a correlated game stack. So I like both Firebrew and Goddard for that reason. And Friermuth is healthy. He was full practice on Thursday,
1: yeah. so he's back in there. He's he's you know running the routes in practice. He should be part of that game plan. And I think it's a sneaky play because Philadelphia has been pretty good on the outside. Uh, mm. They've not been good in the middle. So. I'm gonna go ahead and bounce over to my game real quick. We do have the Lions and Dolphins, and if you guys know, I, I love covering the Lions just because it's so easy to predict fantasy points. Oh hell you know, yeah! They, they have very limited players <laughs> as to who they <laughs> can actually run out, right? Um, and then they have you know offense because their defense is so bad. And although I think that they should be better than than one and five, they're not. And so we keep on <laughs> seeing them half to pass, half perform. And over the past two weeks, Jared Goff hasn't been good. Turnovers. Typically ends up meaning more offense, especially in the fourth quarter. So we want a turnover heavy game if possible, as long as those turnovers aren't happening in the red zone. The Dolphins have played seven games this year. Okay. Three of them have been up against teams who pass the running back, who target the running back uh, in the top 10 uh, in terms of percentage of, of targets going to the position. That was the Patriots, who are in the top 10 for targeting the running back in terms of the position. That is the Bills, believe it or not. And that is the Jets. Okay. Ty Montgomery, before he got hurt, put 10.5 fantasy points up receiving. Then we had Singletary put up 22.8 points receiving. And Brees Hall, 12 points. And he fell short of the end zone, what was it, once or twice? Like on reception, <laughs> right? Like that was brutal. That week yeah. was so brutal. That was the week that I predicted Brees Hall's breakout. I was like, this is the week that he's going to absolutely go off because it's it's the Dolphins. And mm-hmm. they're just not good at, at defending up against pass catch and running backs. So. This this. is this, These are the fantasy points, by the way, that they just put up in the air receiving, right? 10.5, <laughs> 22.8, and 12 points in the receiving game. We have DeAndre Swift coming back from an injury that they held out last week, although he thinks he could have came back, like they held out last week. He should right. see not only the receiving role, but he could end up being the bell cow, especially after Jamal Williams oh, yeah. ended up fumbling last week. So up against the Dolphins, where points are going to be scored, possessions are going to be had.
0: Yeah, thanks for that, Jamal.
1: You know that, you know, they're going to end up game scripting Jared Goff to reduce the turnovers by doing more dump offs and design screens mm-hmm. to, to, to Swift. I mean, we could see a massive, massive game. Like I'm talking about RB one week very easily out of DeAndre Swift. And honestly, I don't think that many people are going to be playing them.
0: No, they're not.
1: The Dolphins haven't been bad on defense, and when you look at them up against the running back, they've been okay. But guess what? Nobody looks at the running back scores. And then the other four games I talked about, they played seven, three up against teams that target the running back inside the top 10. The other four games, they've been playing, well, three out of the four games, they've been playing guys that are in the bottom 10 of targeting the running back,
0: right? When we talk about the Ravens. They're playing Pittsburgh. They're playing Baltimore. Yeah, they're playing a bunch of teams that don't do it. And remember the Buffalo game that they had where you know they were playing the Bills, And they forced Josh Allen to dink and dunk the entire game. I think Isaiah McKenzie had like, I don't have the numbers offhand. He had a ton of targets. Devin Singletary, I want to say, got like 11 targets in that game. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, So I I definitely think that there's upside there. I mean, last week, before we knew DeAndre Swift would ultimately be ruled out, I, I was ready to make him my flag plant last week. He's certainly my flag plant this week. And yes, he is not going to be particularly highly owned. The 6K running back market is juiced up with these guys that have kind of come up, basically all my favorite players, On honestly. It's like, if you've been following Hitchhiker's Guide to Running Back, it's just like all of them. Uh, it's basically, we got ourselves pollard coming in at at the 6k range we got eno benjamin another week at the 6k range we have armandre stevenson 6400 kenneth walker 6500 it's like the zero rb hall of fame is just chilling right there at six to 6500 and then right above them is one two turn pick awesome stud deandre swift in a really high total high pace type of game that we're going to get the opportunity for Tons of targets, tons of potentially negative game script, which is exactly where you want Swift. Look at what happened with Austin Eckler last week, right? These pass catching stub pass catching running backs, you actually want their teams playing from behind, dumping, 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 goal line run. I'm all about Swift this week. I think he's gonna be about 5% owned, which is crazy. I'm gonna make him by far my most owned player of the week. He's gonna be in almost every single lineup. And then the question is, who do you play? with him because i also think of course miami's in a phenomenal spot this week because detroit's defense is ass uh and again there aren't these high-end elite rushing quarterbacks on the slate so a pocket passer like a tua like the other guy i'm going to talk about these are the guys that are become really attractive you double stack these guys you bring back with swift who are your favorite double stack options or single stack options if you wish uh on tua so it's very weird, right? Because, like, Tua is obviously
1: the, the guy that you want to play. I mean, Jared Goff is interesting, but, like, not interesting enough. I, I don't want to run him out. I'd rather take Tua. I think that the points are going to be there.
0: Yeah, I don't hate it. I could do a Goff. Like, I could talk myself into a goff swift Amon raw with a Miami bringback, but I, I prefer the Tua side by a, by a good bit, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, we would have to see, you know, receiving touchdowns come from multiple positions. Hawkinson would probably have to put one up, uh, or amon Ra St. Brown, and the Swift would have to have two. Uh, if not, like... If you really think that that Jared Goff is going to throw for four touchdowns this game, you're going to have to grab a double stack in this one. And and honestly, I just I don't want to do that. I, I could do it. I could be talked into it, but I don't want to do that. I'd, I'd much rather go with the two aside. And I want to take a wide receiver because I think that Miami is going to go up early, and I think they're going to go up big early, right? So I, yeah. I'm telling myself so- a story as to where. We see Jeffrey Akuda actually match up against Jalen Waddle because Tyreek Hill is the more gadget guy. and They don't want Akuda on a gadget guy running around the backfield because that's not where Akuda does well. He does well down the field. You know, Jalen Waddle has been running the routes that are a little bit deeper routes down the field. I feel like in most cases, not all cases, especially in competitive games, Tyreek has been more of the downfield receiver. But when the game's close, when the game's early, you see a lot of those targets go to Tyreek Hill a little bit close to the line of scrimmage. You see him running more gadget plays. So I think that Akuda ends up matching up against up against uh, uh, Waddle. And I think we see Tyreek Hill actually have a decent game to start out. And then I'll, I want to run out Mostert. Mostert's been seeing the targets, right? I mean, not a ton of targets, like, not enough to be like, oh, he's a pass catcher running back. Oh my God. But like enough to like bring value in, right? Enough to think that he's not going to get pulled out inside the 10 for Chase Edmonds when they're on third and, and seven. And he might end up getting a, you know, a design play where he goes out into the flat and no defenders there because they bring the blitz. Yeah. Chase Edmonds has
0: just been shitty this year. Like, yeah. And I, I don't know what's happened. Like, he's been in the NFL a long time, he's never been this bad. But like he's one of the he's leading the league in drops on like not a whole lot of targets. Uh and he has he's like worse than the NFL and rush yards overexpected. I I don't know what's going on with him, but he's just been unplayable. And so Mostert has been able to take a hold of this backfield.
1: Yeah, so I, I think that Mostert's fine. I mean, don't forget Detroit, like they're bad against the pass, they are brutal up against the run, uh, especially for these these running backs where they pounded over and over again. So like I like running with Tua to an extent. I like running with with Tyreek Hill. I think it's definitely stacked that I could play. And I could even play M- most certain there in hopes that he, he gets a receiving touchdown. I don't want him for the volume because that's not going to happen, but a receiving touchdown could happen. It could happen, Jacob. It could happen. Just saying. Could happen. It happened last it week. Yeah. So I will play that, but I most likely, I most likely will end up fading this game in terms of trying to, to get my double stacks in, trying to get the deeper stacks. I'll, I'll most likely play a hill with a mostert in hopes that that hill catches a couple deep balls you know gets a couple breakaway runs mostert gets a couple breakaway runs or at least sees volume at the end of the game and then you end up running it back with swift and then you go somewhere else for quarterback you know somewhere like like you know with jalen hurts where you could see both devonta smith and you could say AJ Brown and you could see Dallas Goddard, all three getting, you know, peppered with targets to an extent. And, and, you know, he also has a rushing upside where I might run naked quarterback. I might run Jalen Hurts with, with AJ Brown. Who knows? Like, I feel like I want to go with still two players from the Dolphins, one player from the Lions, and then just go somewhere else for quarterback.
0: Oh, I don't know about that. I would play two. If I'm, if I'm doing two, I'm not, I mean, I think I, I can see like a scenario where if you're like spending all the way down to Sam Ellinger, and then you just sort of like play the framework of a stack, but like you just sub in Ellinger. I, I could see that. I think it's a little bit of a narrow, it's, it's still too much of a needle thread to me. I don't know if I'm stacking this game, I'm playing Tua. Uh, like if I'm if I'm playing two Dolphins and one Lion, I'm just playing Tua. I mean, we've seen a, an elite ceiling out of him. And this is a team that, that is going to be in a pace up spot against the Lions who have been top five team in situation neutral pace. The Dolphins have been passing at a really high rate. I, I would be excited to be playing Tua in this spot. I think that I, I like am inclined to agree with you a little bit on the Akuta stuff. I think it's going to be really hard for Akuta, honestly, to match up against either of these players. Like the, they move around the formation a lot. It's going to take a lot of work to really do a shadow cornering yeah. on either player consistently from play to play. I think he probably covers Waddle on more plays than he covers Hill, but with how often they're moving guys around, I, I think that they're both going to have opportunities. I think ultimately <laughs> for me, it's just, yeah.
1: Uh, so, so uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I thought you were, you were with your point. You're about to, Pop on the other ones. Go ahead and finish with what you're thinking.
0: Oh, I was just going to say I'm probably going to take a little bit more Waddle than Hill, mostly just because he's cheaper and he's going to be lower owned. But I, I think that Hill is like the better play. I, just to say that I'm very on board with your Mostert idea. And the other thing I'll add in is that Mike Kosicki is up over 70% routes the last couple of weeks. They, they've yeah. finally gotten him involved in the offense. Again, tight end sucks. So if I'm playing a two a stack, I'm probably going to be at least strongly considering Mike Kosicki as a part of it. Um, And we didn't really mention Amon Ra. I think Amun-Ra is also a pretty fun play, and I'd consider him. I just will probably end up not having as much because I, I really want to make this uh, swift play.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to go in, and backtrack too much on this, but I mean, we've seen three weeks out of the, the four that Tua start out the season where Tyreek Hill was actually relevant, and then only one where we saw where, where Tua was was relevant for DFS so that, that's why I'm not in love with with playing tua like you can see multiple guys in this offense being assets but unless it's Jalen waddle and to or and and hill or Jalen waddle and Gusecki or uh um hill and Gusecki like you're not going to see you're not going to see significant points you know from Tua so i i don't want to play him with Mostert. I'd much rather pivot to a different quarterback position but you can still stack the game you can still stack yeah. the game and yeah yeah i could see that
0: um, for, for, for certainly. Um, okay. What's, um, the next game that I wanted to dive into is another, I think probably the other like shootout quote unquote shootout on the slate. And that's the Vikings and the Cardinals, uh, the Vikings Cardinals, they had a really fun game last year down in Arizona. I think it was 34, 33 on a missed Greg Joseph field goal. at The last second, this is the one, this is the Max Williams game. This is the Rondell Moore big breakout. Oh my God. This guy's such a superstar game. Uh, all that stuff. I'll never forget that. Really interesting spot for the Vikings, in my opinion. Okay, I think probably people's first thought when they see this game would be, okay, we'll, we'll play Kyler Murray, we'll play the Cardinals, we'll play DeAndre Hopkins, you know, Benjamin. You know, similar to what I just said about Tua. Similar to what I said at the beginning of the slate. The quarterbacks, they, there's not that many high upside rushing quarterbacks. This pushes me towards the pocket guys. The Cardinals' defense is ass-cheeks. Absolute ass-cheeks. They gave out like 400 yards to Andy Dalton and four touchdowns. I mean, get out of here. Andy Dalton throwing a freaking Clon Smith and Marquez Callaway on, on two thirds of the wide receiver slots. Ridiculous. Justin Jefferson is possibly the best wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, at worst, probably in the top three, top five. He's very expensive. He's very worth it. He has an absolutely elite role. He's going to carve up this Cardinals secondary. There's nothing that this Cardinals secondary can possibly do to stop Justin Jefferson. Outside of just like putting three dudes on him at the line of scrimmage, like the Des Bryant, uh, Calvin Johnson meme. So Justin Jefferson is going to feast this week. And then you have Adam Thielen, who I think I picked on our... Uh, one one of my weekly start, just, again, this this game is a really positive environment for him. He's coming off a bye. I always like to target some older veteran players coming off the bye week, uh, just getting a little bit of extra rest into them. Uh, and then Irv Smith, you know, is similar to Mike Kosicki, right? He's a guy who's only playing in past situations, but he's been running some of the routes and he's going to be an opportunity to, to cap off that double stack at a low cost option. Kirk Cousins can totally get there this week because I don't think, you know, barring Jalen Hurts, you probably don't need that 40-point ceiling to be the guy you need this week. Kirk Cousins can get there with 303 and be the guy that's in your millimaker lineup if you know two of those and 150 yards go to Justin Jefferson. So I like Cousins and Jefferson. I think it's a little bit more viable to do them skinny than I would ever say for most pocket quarterbacks just because Justin Jefferson at 9,100, you know, he's going to need to demand so much of the offense that it almost does need to all flow through him. Um, but I'm also okay playing him with Thielen, especially in smaller fields and him with Irv in any field size. And on the Bengals side, um, I'll stop talking and then I'll get to my opinions or, or sorry, on the Cardinals side. Um, <laughs> we're, we're naming each of AJ Greenstein's. Um, I have takes on the Cardinals side. Why don't you lead off? What do you think about this Cardinals side in this game? Cause I have, I have like a pretty, pretty strong fade. And then I have some interesting guys that I want to touch on.
1: I- I'm curious who your fade is because, you know, on the Cardinal side of things, like the Vikings have actually been pretty bad up against like rushing quarterbacks. I mean, sure, they contained Justin Fields to an extent, but he still put up 208 yards, a touchdown, and then 47 rushing yards.
0: The holding penalty is all that contained him, right? He had like a 60-yard run that got called back.
1: Yeah, oh, 100%. I mean, up against the Eagles, Jalen Hurts had two touchdowns against him with 57 mm. rushing yards, 333 yards and a touchdown passing. You know, they've been good about containing non-running quarterbacks like they they did fine up against you know Goff they did fine up against Andy Dalton they did okay but Kyler Murray could absolutely spank the Vikings especially mm-hmm. if they end up moving into a different situation I mean it, it makes things interesting for the reason that you want DeAndre Hopkins to go off right you want him to have a massive game like you, you want him to be a part yeah. of your lineups but you necessarily don't need that in order to play Kyler because you also have Zach Ertz, who, by the way, the Vikings have been brutal up against the tight end. Like last week, they gave up what, two touchdowns alone? So I think that when you play the Cardinals, you could run Kyler Murrow out solo if you really want to. Mm. But I personally, I personally would like to run him out with Zach Ertz and just hope that, that he does pass for a couple touchdowns.
0: Why must we play Zach Ertz? It's in 2022. Don't we get to enjoy our lives? Don't we work hard enough in this life? No, no. Jacob, you're on a show with me. Don't we get to enjoy something? We have to play Zach
1: Ertz. Zach Ertz. You're on a show with me, Jacob. You're never
0: going to enjoy your life as long as you're on a show with me. Zach Ertz. Just say it until the word loses meaning. Zach Ertz. (laughs) Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz, 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 Ertz,
1: who has been worth starting in three of his seven weeks and he still didn't lose you weeks in any of these other games his fantasy points outside of one week has been double digits and the only week that it wasn't was up against the saints it was up against the saints he's put up 14 or more points
0: i mean look and 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 in your tight and in your tight end premium managed dynasty leagues you should be thrilled to fire him up Uh, i just want him a little bit higher in dfs than fucking zach Ertz.
1: Oh my dude, you have George Kittle up against the Rams who are dominant. Darren Waller, who hasn't been good this year up against the Saints, who we just saw them force Zach Ertz worst week against, you know, any team so far this year. Zach Ertz <laughs> they is, did is stop the mighty Zach Ertz. The mighty Zach Ertz. He is averaging the second most points per game on the slate. I know you don't love his ceiling, but his ceiling is there. If he can get a couple touchdowns and up against the Vikings, that's gonna happen. Zach Ertz is a staple. You better watch out when we go to set our lineups here in a little bit.
0: We're not playing Zach Ertz. I'm I like I'm the one that runs this computer. I won't click the name. Um, It's not happening. No. Okay. Here's some my my thoughts are. I do I do have one thing in common with you is that I'm probably not making Hopkins a central figure to my lineups. So I'm seeing him generally projected between 10 and 15 percent ownership. And I'm just going to IKB this. I think he's going to come in closer to 20 percent. We'll see if that's the case. I don't usually like to deviate from the the best in the business that project ownership. My thoughts are. Uh, there's certain sources around the industry, <coughs> run, um, that have him projected as like number two value play overall on, on the slate, right? And and these are sites that a, a lot of people subscribe to. And frankly, I think there's it's that's valid because you know the only sample we have this year is him dominating the shit out of the targets, right? This almost reminds me a little bit about a little bit like the OBJ situation last year where he had this really phenomenal role, his first week back off the ACL and everybody was like, Oh yeah. Oh, OBJ is back. And he was like the highest owed wide receiver the next week. And he did absolutely nothing. And then his role was never as good as it was in that first game again. Like last week was a weird spot. They were getting Hopkins back. It was a big event. They probably wanted to force feed him. It's a nationally televised game. And they also basically catered their offense to him. He was playing in the slot on half of the snaps. I'm not sure that continues uh, necessarily. I just think it is a scenario where people said he was going to be owned and he was going to be $7,400, like elite wide receiver price tag. That's like $300 less than A.J. Brown, right? If people said he was going to be owned and that expensive, uh, a couple of weeks ago, people would have been like, that's what? People are going to play any team you 0.1% owned. And instead people are going to get excited. Island game bump, right? Everybody watched the island game. They watched the following happen. They watched Robbie Anderson not play. They watched Ronald Moore be totally useless. They watched Zach Ertz be totally useless. They watched... What was he not useless on Thursday night? He was no, no, he was great on the, like the first play of the game. And then he gets, right. he gets okay. And that was that it. That. that was, that was that's the not his fault, Jacob, that's not his right. fault. And then, and they watched John <laughs> Hopkins get target after target, after target, after target, after target, after target. Right. So I think people are, he's going to be an easy press for people, especially because all these other Arizona options are just not quite as appealing. So I think he's going to have a lot of ownership on him. I'm pivoting off him guys. I'm interested in, Last week they ran Rondell more outside because essentially they finally came to their senses and they were like, we can no longer have AJ Green be a part of this operation. Like we just have to excommunicate him from the church of Kingsbury. Uh, And so they play mostly Rondell on the outside. They play Dorch in the slot and they play Hopkins on the outside, rotating into the slot with Dorch on occasion. I think this week we're going to see more Robbie Anderson. You know, he had only just joined the team. So I think he's going to be their full-time outside wide receiver. And then we're going to see Rondell probably in the slot ahead of Greg Dorch, like it was originally when, yep. when Green came back, and then have Hopkins play on the outside and rotate in occasionally with Rondale on the slot. So I, I'm interested. In, that makes me interested in Rondale. And quite honestly, 4K, guy who runs a lot of deep routes, probably the only guy in this offense who will be running downfield deep routes because the rest of the options are old and slow or Rondale Moore, Give me four K Ravi Anderson, baby. I'm I'm honestly pretty interested in it. Uh, and then uh, you know Benjamin, of course, at six K, always of interest. And he actually won't be that owned this week because he's priced up, and we got the Tony Pollard right, right beside him.
1: All right, I like it. I, I can't argue with it. I mean, it, it's it's a good pick. I, I think that we're gonna see plenty of opportunities over there. So I like it. I personally, I'm been playing my my Zach Ertz shares. I love it. I love Zach Ertz this week. I I do want to discuss one skinny stack that I have before we we set our lineup, right? If you want to get the lineup up so that we can, uh, we can go ahead and and get that rolling. I have a skinny stack that I love. And and I used to be an advocate of playing a running back with a defense. I just haven't seen it that much this year because I want the the team to be up. I want to see plenty of passing attempts because passing attempts typically mean sacks and they mean turnovers, right? So when you have a running back, that's just pounding the ball typically means that you have a, a positive game script on that team. And now you just get to see opportunities for for turnovers for for pick sixes for all that stuff. And I don't love this defense, but I think that this is the right situation and the right formula to be able to find it. We have the Titans and the Texans. Mm. Right? This is an ugly game. But Derrick Henry, right? I don't think he's going to be as as popularly owned because nobody's going to see this as a high-scoring game, right? We have a a situation where Brandon Cooks is is questionable nico collins they're, they're starting he's trending on the way of of doubtful they're, they're saying that they yeah don't think that he's gonna play season. uh and and so then you're left with a very depleted wide receiver wide receiver room meanwhile the texans have been brutal like i mean the texans are the worst team in the entire league up against running backs and i don't even think it's relatively close especially running backs on the ground because the texans are always losing so they don't need to to defend up against pass-catching running backs. But Derrick Henry, who's had, what, three consecutive weeks, over 100 rushing yards, he's had the touchdowns that you need. Uh, he could absolutely – like, there is a world where, where Derrick Henry puts on his skinny boy pants, right, and he's able to squeeze through these lanes, squeeze through these stacked boxes, and he's able to put up 200 yards rushing and a couple touchdowns. We can see the Derrick Henry of old really emerge. Oh, this yeah. Because, and he's looked good. He's looked good over the past few weeks. Yeah, he's been balling. Yeah, But this is the week where we just see, oh, shit, Derrick Henry might actually be back. After that happens, Derrick Henry's price is gone. It's going to the moon. I mean, he's already jumped up. Let's see. Derrick Henry is sitting at 8,400, right? He's already jumped up from 7,800, which was week two, up to to 8,200. He could end up hitting 9K this week, I think, relatively easily uh, as long as he ends up, you know, performing at a high level and they project the ownership to be higher of the week after this. So I want to get one shot at Derrick Henry before the DFS season, you know, deems him unplayable because his price just isn't worth it. And exactly. I want to play him up against Houston and I want to watch him go ham. And I want to play the Titans defense because I think Houston's going to be down. They're going to be passing. Although Davis Mills does an okay job taking care of the ball, there's still opportunity for sacks, turnovers, et cetera. And you know who I want to play as the run back for this. Mm-hmm. This is the guy that I was talking about earlier over um, Marquise Goodwin. I want to play Philip Dorsett. I want to play Philip Dorsett, oh God. who ran 24 routes last week. You thumb your nose at Robbie Anderson, but you want to play Philip Dorsett. I want to play Philip Dorsett. He ran the routes. He saw the targets last week. Saw three targets on on 24 routes run, which, by the way, isn't great, but it's better than nothing. And towards the tail end of the game, where we're going to see passing attempts. We're going to see Davis Mills have to air the ball out and have to get it downfield. He has nobody else to throw to, like Chris Moore. Tyler Tyler Johnson's still in the practice squad right now. He doesn't have anybody else. If Brandon Cooks is out, and we see we see Nico Collins, who probably won't play, who else is he going to throw to? He doesn't have anybody else. Like he's going to have to air the ball out. And Phil said the only thing he does is run straight fast. That's the only thing he does well. He just he's really fast.
0: It's true. Yeah, that's that's very true. And he
1: runs straight, and sometimes he catches the ball. Sometimes
0: <laughs> Occasionally, he yeah.
1: So if he has two touchdowns this week, I wouldn't be shocked. If he finishes as a top ten wide receiver. I wouldn't be shocked. And his price makes him playable. His price makes it attainable. Who else would you go with from the Texans this week? You can't play. I I wouldn't. You you can't play Pierce, but they're not going to put up. Tennessee defense is not good enough to keep them to zero points. But they can't stop stop the running back.
0: If he plays. I mean, I think he's questionable with them. Maybe we'll trade him. I think that's his injury designation. I think so. I don't think
1: he (laughs) plays this week. I think Cook sits out. He appeared on the injury report today.
0: Well, with yeah, but he, with a full practice, full practice for the wrist injury. I don't That's think he has I'm a saying, wrist injury. I don't
1: think he plays. I think <laughs> they trade him this week. He's going to go to the yeah, Chargers. That,
0: that might be. I'll tell you this much. His wrist is fine. <laughs> I, think, I think that he's questionable with the. Oh, we're talking to some teams.
1: Yeah, he's going to get traded to like the Chargers, right? Maybe the Packers or something. But I think he's going to the Chargers. And I don't think he plays this week. And I think Philip Dorsett assumes his role because they don't have anybody else to assume his role. They don't have anybody. So Philip Dorsett is going to get pepper. He's going to see ten targets this week, and we're all going to be like, "What the fuck? How did that happen?" Guess what? It's going to happen because there's nobody else to throw to, and they're going to have to throw the ball. So let's set this lineup, Jacob. We got we got about ten minutes left. Seven minutes let's left. Let's do actually.
0: it. Let's do it.
1: All right. Um, what, uh, what 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 do we want to do here?
0: Um, right. We talked if, about if you plenty. guys can
1: get it in the chat, let us know.
0: Uh, what stack you'd like to see us build around. Yeah, I mean my favorites, my, my favorites this week are, are the two of stacks of the hurt stacks, but I'm I'm open to open minded to to anything you want to play. Oh and, and the cousins. The the two and the hurts and the cousins are, are all my favorites.
1: <laughs> I was thinking cousins. I think that's interesting, but cousins scares me because like this week is just end up turning into a shit show game where like it's just turn turnover but not the good turnovers, the turnovers that prevent offenses from actually scoring touchdowns. Um it just makes me concerned what this this game turns into just a shit show. But I'm down to play Cousins. I'm also down to play Hurts. We even played an expensive
0: quarterback outside of Lamar Jackson one week, right? Uh, I think we've done a Hurts once, um, but I'm not 100% sure. We've definitely not played a Cousins stack before, and I don't think we've ever played Jefferson before. But Jamie wants us to do the Hurts stack, so let's, let's do, the, let's hurt do the, the Hurts stack. Let's do Hurts and A.J. Okay. Brown and Are we going to do A.J. Brown, or do you want to do Goddard? I, I, I'm, I, I'm going to play a little bit of both. I'd
1: like to do... I would actually like to do AJ Brown and then run it back with uh, with Okay. Yeah, in I'm the center of the field because I, I think I'm it's interesting. That. I think he can dominate up against
0: Philly, and I think that he needs to be involved in this game plan. So things, so things that we no longer have to worry about for the most part. But
1: you're just putting Gasecki, bro.
0: Oh, did I? Oh, I don't think they're the I'm same ev- price.
1: <laughs> I don't think I have right ever other. seen
0: you put Gasecki in a DFS lineup. Oh, right. before. Oh, I'm gonna be putting him in this week for sure. I'm gonna be putting him in. Uh, I'm just gonna put in a placeholder uh defense for now what's the cheapest well that's not gonna happen that's not gonna happen um the cheap ones are ugly this week like they're really really bad uh, oh commanders commanders you can play the commanders
1: against sam ellinger mm, I, dude i think jonathan out Al- or jonathan taylor's gonna be breaking away a bunch of runs against them like I- oh geez louise can we play the rams against jimmy garoppolo then we can because steve o. samuel's out okay <laughs> um and they shut down tight ends oh okay
0: um all right that sounds good so so then so it's brandon iuk season then and uh is, is that what you're saying uh juan jennings
1: bro juan jennings mm-hmm. okay so we don't <laughs> have
0: to worry about we don't have to worry about uh ownership much here because we're gonna have like a sub five percent aj brown and probably a sub five percent pat fryer Moose, pat fryer helmhuth um but uh Running backs. Uh, we we gotta we gotta probably spend down at least at one of these slots or get a really cheap wide receiver in there because we do not have a ton of salary uh, to work with. Let's just rotate it back and forth. Uh, pick somebody here. You can fill a running back slot, a wide receiver slot.
1: Dude, I honestly like. I love Saquon Barkley this week, and, and that's why I wanted to talk about him. But the game like could be in a lot lower scoring than we project.
0: You know, you you always do this where you just take you just take all of my take all my salary away. Uh, I,
1: I wasn't trying to.
0: I like Saquon, though. but uh,
1: uh, Do you like Derrick Henry more? Because I like Derrick
0: Henry more. I, I like Saquon more, but I, I like both very much. And I think that they're going to have similar ownership, but they have a similar price. So I don't feel like substantially different. I, I like Saquon a little bit more. um, But uh, I'm okay with the Henry call, too.
1: Let's do Henry, just because I haven't played. I, I play, feel like I played Saquon Barkley in almost every DFS right. lineup, which, by the way, has been good. By the way, that's been good every week. So, you know, but it hasn't gotten us to, to the point that we need. So I think that Derrick Henry is going to be my play.
0: This does not count as my pick for the record. No, I, I'll take I was going to take that pick. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying if we're going to, we need to save salary and we want some correlation, then you can play your freaking Philip Thorstat. So let's do that.
1: I was going to take that pick. I was going to take it.
0: All right. Okay. That sounds good. That's, that's just encompassed within your Henry pick. So there's three slots left. I get two of them. You get one. Um, yeah. We're down to $5,300 here. Okay, so this... Let's see. We're going to need to spend down one of these running back slots. I'm just curious. It, it, I'm
1: Jacob, I'm just curious. What if we put in Marquise Goodwin? What, what if we just went with that hypothetically? How
0: much salary would we end up having left for our last two picks? So if we're going to do Goodwin, then we would... Like, I would rather do Henry and Dorset or Goodwin and Barkley.
1: What if we did Goodwin and Barkley? Like, how much salary would we have left for this last flex spot? Um... We can test
0: that. Although I, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Right. No, we're, let's we're playing with that. numbers. Let's test that. Let's test that. Okay. Because it, it makes it. Oh, not 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 a lot. We have thirty-three hundred dollars.
1: Oh yeah, that's too that's that's too many players that we're trying to fly.
0: Yeah. That's... All right. Here's here's what we're doing. Because look, here's the be- Here's the real beauty of the Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown stack. Right. It, we don't worry. We don't have to worry about ownership anymore because we have low owned AJ Brown. We have low owned Pat Firemooth, We have low owned Philip Dorsett. That means for the brand. My favorite player in the NFL, he finally gets the backfield to himself this week. I'm just going to jam him into infinite ownership. I don't care.
1: No, don't do, don't do it. Dude, there's no Let's reason do to do Tony Pollard. I know you're doing it. There's I'm not even looking at the screen. To Tony Pollard. I'm sitting here looking at my draft screen. There's and- no
0: reason to do Tony Pollard. He projects as like the RB1 overall this week and he's 60 I'm just kidding, dude. I'm just No reason me. to I gotta play you- Tony Pollard. No reason to play Tony Pollard. What is this? Oh my
1: God! All right, we're sitting at 4,800. We gotta, we gotta continue Her to player, pivot. Per down. player, per so play, we gotta yeah. be a
0: little low, a little low here.
1: Dari Ungumbwale. <laughs> <laughs> not that low.
0: Not that low.
1: <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, at this point, like I'm, I'm interested in the Colts and Washington game just because it's gonna be like so just ugly, and nobody's gonna know where the the ball is gonna go because we don't know what to expect from Ellinger. We don't know what to expect from the the Washington backfield. Um, are you interested in Paris Campbell at all this week?
0: Not with Ellinger. I think that Paris Campbell's role was very much a Matt Ryan, quick pace. Like they were doing this, like they were doing this like up tempo, almost like no huddle kind of spread quick passing game offense. I think with Ellinger, it's going to be a lot more like zone read play action, bootlegs and downfield passing offense. Like, I think this is more of a Pierce fit to this new offense. I don't know that Campbell necessarily has that same kind of horizontal role because I just don't know how many, like I don't know how much the short passing game, the short quick timing passing game is going to be a part of this new Ellinger offense.
1: All right. Um, honestly, like this is pretty tough here. Is there any player that's, that's standing out to you? What about Chase Claypool? Well, we already have fryer moves. I don't want to play two yeah. Steelers. Okay. Yeah. Cause we're going to see some, some Russian opportunity from, of course, uh, Nashe sure, or uh from pickens uh, i'm looking across this and honestly like i don't love the situation that we were put in if i want to try and we get put into in this,
0: You're, we were put in this is like the this is like the meme it's like you like chase picking derrick henry and aj brown and then like shooting the the guy in the chair and it's like <laughs> why would draft
1: Kings do this this is part of the stack
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, um, <laughs> honestly like i hmm
0: okay i why don't I why don't I just come in and make my pick then? I will oh, go pick ahead and Bill Robinson.
1: Okay.
0: There you go. You have 5k now.
1: All right. That's that's fair. That's fair. Uh let's see. Oh man. God, if I could go 51, I would go Rondell more with this one.
0: We could we could double stack it with Goddard. We could do we could do the double tight end, but I don't really want to. Um who else is here that's like just above? Uh we could play chalky DJ Moore. That seems ridiculous. Um we could play. Oh, you know what's actually a fun play? High target share. If we play Pollard and they have to play from behind, we got the Moon Man.
1: Yeah, that could be a play. What about if we pivot down? We still go double flex, and we get to play Zach Ertz.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh my God! <laughs> all right, like, let's, let's go with Moonie. All right, I'm gonna just flip over to defense because we do have an extra $200. Uh, also, if there's anybody here, no, none of these guys are overly appealing. um Let's see. Are, are any of these defenses more appealing than the Rams? We could play. Oh, I kind of like the Jets at home. That's kind of a fun. They've been really good on defense recently. Um, but if you'd rather play the Rams or the Jets, I'll leave that with you. Chase, you're on mute, sir. You're on mute.
1: My bad. I think we're good where we're sitting at. To be honest. All right.
0: Okay. Sorry. I got my good. dog barking
1: in the background. It's been chaos here over the past fifteen minutes. So. Oh
0: right. I still have my. Um, uh, I still have my Ontario things that I, Anyway, I will enter this once I get my draft picks figured out. I was out of province last week. Anyhow, uh, why don't we wrap this quick with our flag plants and then get out of here. Yeah,
1: I'm done. Um, go ahead. Let me know what you got.
0: Well, I, I mentioned mine, and it's the same kind that it would have been last week. It was Rob for me when he didn't get off the injury report in time. But uh, he's on this lineup, unfortunately. However, DeAndre Swift is the guy that I'm going to be putting in probably over, certainly over 50% of my lineups this week. He is the young, dynamic play uh, playmaker that we almost never get to play at below price, at low ownership, in an awesome game spot. That's just what dreams are made of. Uh, I made this comp on the Underworld Stack Fest. I said it was based on, I comped it to two years ago when Christian McCaffrey was coming off of his first big injury that season. And he got at the Chiefs, the nut spot. And people were worried, is he going to come back to his full role? Are they going to play Mike Davis? What are we going to do? Dalvin Cook was playing the Lions that week. People wanted to play Dalvin Cook instead of Christian McCaffrey. And I was like, this is the only time we get to get Christian McCaffrey at low ownership at a discounted price. You play him. And he got like 30 points that week. And he absolutely smashed faces. I think this is the type of situation where DeAndre Swift can find himself in. You have a bevy of choices of the Lions you can pair Swift with from doing the double running back with Mostert, You can do Kasicki, You can do Bottle. You can do Tyreek Hill. You can stack the whole game. Give me DeAndre Swift. Over half my lineups this week. Let's go get a million dollars with uh, with DeAndre. Who's your who's your fly plant this week, dude? I got to
1: go with AJ Brown, man. At seventy seven hundred, I think he's going to get lost in the sauce. You have great options at running mm, back up that. top. You you got a ton of of Derrick Henry. You got a ton of Saquon Barkley. Um, and I don't think those guys to be chalk by any means. But I think that we're still going to see a lot of the lineups split among the the higher price guys. Meanwhile, you have like DeAndre Hopkins, who we talked about, is going to be chalk. I think that Tyree Kill is going to see some ownership as well. Um, so meanwhile, you have AJ Brown, who you know. Coming off a a bye week, like I think that we could see a massive, massive performance up against a defense that hasn't been able to stop anybody. I understand they haven't had a lot of guys healthy, but this is the week that A.J. Brown makes us say, oh, shit, this is still the wide receiver one in Dynasty.